business in the front, party in the back, podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Michelle. And welcome to the show today. Today we are going to be talking about backing your big idea. That's the one and uh, it is brought to you by... My business. Yeah. The Raw Raw Spirit Team. <laughs> That's right. Thank pause you, for effect. That was a pause for effect. Yes. That was, that was a test to see if you knew who the sponsor was. <laughs> but I think I was there to help you with that. <laughs> so the Raw Raw Spirit team is basically an online community that is full of helpful resources to help you advance your business. I'm there to help guide you, to lend support. You can get um, involved in a mastermind as well with other like-minded business people to help support you on your journey through goal setting, encouragement, just being people that you can bounce ideas off of. And it is also a place where you can get ongoing training from outside perspectives, not just mine. It's not the Lauren Talk Show because no one needs that. There are other people that get involved that join the membership for power hours. So they teach on a whole variety of subjects, um, essentially helping you to advance your business and take it to the next level at your own pace. So that's the Raw Raw Spirit Team. If you want more details on that, we'll leave a link to that in the show notes. And you can also head to Raw Raw, that's R-A-H-R-A-H, consulting.com. Perfect. Nicely uh, nicely done there. And all I had lived, double add, she wasn't reading off a script. It was uh, right. flowing very, very nicely. So Lauren, you mentioned the theme today is backing your big idea. And we, as our listener at home, may know, may have heard us reference before, we do have little brainstorming sessions. And we were brainstorming and we just thought, you know, sometimes you have those light bulb moments, a light bulb comes on and you're like, yeah, I could do that thing. You know, that's how both of our businesses started really. I mean, they have to come from that place, that light bulb moment. So yes. it's an amazing feeling in the moment when that happens, but sometimes it's difficult to know what to do, I guess, moving forward. So with the idea, you got the idea, but it's like, what do you do then? What do you do with it? So some of us act uh, and others just kind of sit on that idea until someone else takes that idea and then that doesn't feel good. So it's like sometimes you have those great ideas and it's like, wow, you know, we should do back in the day, we should do um, plastic that like is biodegradable or something like that. And then someone invents it and you're like, oh, I should have done that. So, <laughs> you know, things like that. Uh, but we're going to come up yeah. with some, some better ideas than that, of course, during this chat. Um, yes. so that's what we're going to be getting into a little bit later in the show. Yeah, that's right. So I guess before yeah. that, we could, yeah, talk about, talk about what you've been doing. Yeah, you've been very flexible with me this week. Thank you. I uh, yeah. were recording on a not our normal day because I got my butt kicked by a cold in case you can't tell. I was just going to say it's a hangover. Mind. It's a hangover, really. <laughs> <laughs> She's I just covering. You know what? I actually haven't been hungover in years, but I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure the same goes with you because you don't drink. Um, but no, it's not a hangover. I had just a cold and I, I think it's funny because sometimes our, our bodies are like, okay, Lauren, if you're not going to rest, then I'm going to make you rest. And I think that's what happened here. And I had a few days where all I did was sleep. Like I'm talking sleeping 14 to 16 hours a day. I slept a lot and uh, just trying to kind of get over this cold. And, you know, it was interesting, Michelle, cause I had to call in sick at the restaurant. And they told me that I wasn't allowed to come back until I had a COVID-19 test. Yeah. And I was just thinking, I was asking you all about this. And so it happened. That's right. Yeah. Wow. So I went, what? 
And I was like, okay. And I thought it was crazy because then we're not going to get into the whole COVID conversation because we're going to probably eliminate, I'll eliminate people, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, I thought, okay, well, I have to go get this done. So I drove into the city, which is about a 25 minute drive from where I live. And I thought, this is hella dangerous because I'm sneezing, I'm blowing my nose, you know, when you're sick and your eyes are watering. I'm like, I should not be behind the wheel. But at the same time, taking the COVID-19 test takes between six and 24 hours to have the test results come back. Anyway, I had been self-isolating. Yes, around that. So let me tell you about it. Because have you had one done? No, I haven't. But I've heard it's, um, they stick something up your na- nose or something, is it? Or down the back of your throat? Yeah. So let me tell you what happened. So I drove to the COVID-19 testing place and I, I rock up and I think, uh, I knew it was a drive through So I thought I would just go and give my details through the window or like they would have a mask on. And you would have so. No, I had to call a number. And then I had to log in, like register over the phone and I hadn't ever been to the hospital. So they had to register me and all this sort of stuff. Then I went into this like undercover kind of parking lot, like makeshift kind of area anyway. And I stayed there and she held up a sign and um, it was something like, uh, what's your phone number or some, what's your name? Or have you made an appointment? That's what it was. Have you made an appointment? I'm like, yes, I have. And then she, um, so your window's up or down? My window was down. So I kind of like nodded that I had made an appointment. No, uh, my window was up. So up. I was like nodded. I had yeah, made an appointment. Right. She had a mask and everything. Wow. And then, and then she put up, she said, hold up your identification at the window. So I put, to take my driver's license and slam it against the window. And then she read it. And then she saw she had corresponding paperwork for me. So then I was allowed to advance to the next stage. So there was like um, tape. So she waited because there was somebody else getting tested like in the bay in front of me or whatever. So after they left, then they pulled up the tape and I was allowed to drive through. And then when I went through this woman, um, the doctor, I guess, she had, um, it kind of looked like she was stripping her gloves and everything like that between the people. So she was Mm -hmm. still kind of getting that done. So then she came up and she talked to me and confirmed all my information. My phone number was confirmed with me two or three times. Mm. She said that if I tested negative, I would get a text message within six to 24 hours. And if I tested positive, they would call me with the um, more information about like what my next steps were meant to be. Mm-hmm. And I went, okay. And she goes, but you need to self-isolate until you know, like your results kind of thing. So then I thought, all right, well, so now they're going to do the test through my nose. So she, she goes, the best way to do the test is to look straight ahead and s- sit on your hands. And I'm going to put the, like the swab or whatever back through your nose and it'll be like a little bit of air or something like that. She kind of talked about. And I thought, okay, like this is fine. And I thought, I don't really understand why I need to sit on my hands. So I kind of like half sat on my hands. You don't so away. Yeah. That's right. That's it's like, So she did the swab and it freaking hurt. And it wasn't just like swab touch. It was, you know, a good three to four seconds in there. And it hurt. And I was really glad I didn't know that it hurt before I got it done. Because I, I just thought it wouldn't be like that big of a deal. Not that I am used to having things shoved up my nose. I just didn't really consider that, that it would hurt at all. It did. It hurt. And I never wanted it again. Yeah. Anyway, so. It doesn't help because you're sick as well. So you would have been blowing your nose and all yeah, sorts true. of things. And, and then my yeah. eyes started watering. And, yeah. you know, when I first pulled up, she goes, oh, Lauren, you look very sick. And I'm like, thanks. It's, it's just a cold, you know. <laughs> 
but uh, anyway, and then I got a text uh, the fall that night. I think it was probably like around seven or eight p.m. And it basically said that. Let me see if I can bring it up. Yeah, so it was at 7 p.m. and it said, you know, your coronavirus test result and it had my date of birth and then it said it was negative and then I needed to reply that I had confirmed that I got the message mm-hmm. with yes, that I had replied. Or It's pretty N. quick though, isn't it? Like what time yeah. was your test during the day? Yeah, 9 a.m. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's, so that's fair. Like, yeah, Evening time. Uh, 10 hours or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I thought that was actually pretty good. I was expecting. It could have been overnight. Yeah. yeah I was expecting mm. it kind of the next day. Mm. Yeah. So that's pretty much my whole week. I slept a lot and got the COVID-19 test. Wow. So. That really sucks. That really sucks. I hope I never have to get that done because I have heard it's uh, not fun. Yeah. Especially if you yeah, are sick already. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what have you been up to? You've been busy lady. Yeah, it was a better week. Um, the week before, as I said to you previously, was odd energy, you know, a lot of cancellations, rescheduling, stuff like that. And so the week we just had has been a lot better for me. So it was pretty much back to normal in terms of the bookings. And what was really awesome, because Spirit, I really feel like it really tests you because you have like that week where everyone's rescheduling, not showing up, you know, just not reliable. And then the week we just had was like everyone's like double checking hey like we're still connecting at nine today or we're still connecting at 10 today and people were like really vigilant so it was almost like a polar opposite kind of energy so yeah much better uh and it does give me that reassurance i think when it is like that because i'm like yeah you know this is kind of back to normal and then today you know it's been super busy so i find that things are definitely feeling more normal back to normal uh, but I never like to get into my comfort zone because then I feel like, oh, something's going to happen. Spirit's going to be like, boom, here's something. Cop, cop one of these. And I'll be like, oh, God. Trivia. Last few weeks, we've been like winning and getting second. I sort of throw this random thing in there. But I really enjoy it. It's like a real social thing. Mum and dad come up. You know, dad came up for trivia last week. He's also coming up this week. And so it was like a Father's Day. I'll catch up for trivia with you and do Father's Day or whatever. So I really enjoy doing that once a week. And I feel like that's kind of the thing where I receive as well. It's something I look forward to. And we like to talk about that. You know, it's important to do things for yourself. So mum and dad are coming up again this week for trivia. But yeah, we um, bombed out. Last week we got like fourth or something. But every week before that, it was like first, second, first, second, first, second. And then we're like, fourth? What is this fourth? Like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> devastated. Yeah, you know, it's just something that, you know, really fun that we just do during the week and the mentorship that's and lovely. all that stuff's going great. So it just feels like everything's kind of back to normal. So I don't know if I told you last time, but I was asked about the psychic radio thing. Yeah. America. Yeah, you did tell me. Yeah, so I'm, I'm still thinking about that. I wasn't overly thrilled with the whole, I think it was 11.30 at night slot. That would be 11.30 at night in New York. So she gave me another slot, which would have been 10.30 p.m. So we're getting a bit better, a bit earlier in the evening. But I'm thinking it would be good just to cash in on the New York, the, anyone who's on that time zone, in that time zone as well, uh, other than yeah. just connecting with people in the UK, because I'm already getting a lot of readings from the UK, so it's not going to you know, overly you know, change my life. Yeah. So she's getting earlier. So I'm just asking for a few more times and just seeing what frees up there. I may still do that, but that's just something I'm considering. So I don't think you have anything to lose. You don't like, you could try it once. And then if you find that it's way too late, uh, but the benefits probably outweigh the the cons. That being said, I don't like nighttime stuff either because I get up at 520. Yeah. Yeah. But if it could change the face of your business, yeah, which it could, yeah, I mean, our you time, just it's schedule those bad. people in when it works. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 90 days. It's just that that is a long time. That's three months. So I guess if it's not doing it for me, if it's a complete waste of time, like minimum 90 days. So that's the only thing that's kind of holding me back. So it's a little bit to think about, but I do like the different options because then I can feel into, you know, the different options. So I just feel like to wait at the moment. Uh, However, we are talking today, um, as we said, about backing your big idea. Michelle, I'm going to cut you off for a minute because I wanted to tell you something I forgot to tell you a couple of weeks ago. I went to the casino. Did I tell you that? No. You know what? It must have been, yeah, it would have been last, like after we recorded. So that's why I haven't talked to you since then. Uh, so my partner and I, we went on a date. Yeah. Cause we were talking about getting yeah. out of the house more. We had um, tickets to a, like a cabaret kind of show, burlesque kind of cabaret yeah, show. I love that. Or my mother-in-law got, got it for us. Anyway, it was really good. Laughed a lot. And after we went to the casino and I won $180 on the roulette table. Oh my God. Yes. And that was the second time I played roulette. And now I know I'm a champion at roulette. I left when I was up. (laughs) That's incredible. 180 bucks. Yeah. And I was winning. And then I thought, oh, I'll put a big, big bet on because I'm about to leave. Then I lost like $60 in one hand and went, okay, I'm out. Yeah. So it would have been even, even, I started with $20 and then I, I ended up leaving with like $207. So yeah. That's awesome. Congrats. Congrats. So I just wanted they, to tell you that because it's bragging rights, but I thought it yeah. was good. Are they using cash? Because I know a lot of the RSLs and places. Chips. Yeah, Chips. but I mean, when you when you do that, like at the end, do you get cash or do they have, do yeah, you have a card cash. there? Oh, okay. Interesting. No, so I got all my chips, my chips, I mean, and then you go yeah. to the cashier yeah. and then they give you Oh, interesting. I'm interested in that because a lot of businesses, I was saying on the news last night, a lot of businesses are doing away with the whole cash thing. And a lot, a lot of the RSLs you just have a card. You don't, they don't give you any cash. They just load the card, the uh, money onto the card. So yeah, they're still oh, doing yeah. cash. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were yeah. saying like one in three businesses are no longer doing um, cash transactions at all, like not handling cash at all. So yeah. Interesting. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I always use card even when I have cash. I read, um, I read that book. I was talking about it for so long, bring out the magic in your mind. And one yeah. of the things he talked about was money. And he was saying that when you have money, like when you spend money, imagine it coming back to you like 10,000 fold or 1000 or whatever. And yeah. imagine your money doing good things for the world. I'm still getting in the habit of reminding myself of that. Yeah. And then the other thing he talked about too, was like rolling your money up so that it's almost like it comes back to you. Oh, I like that. I'm going to write Right? That. And it's like, if you think about it in that way, it's like this continuous effect, like it rolls yeah. on and then it rolls back in. Yeah. And then he also talked about keeping like cash and stuff that you want to attract in your wallet. So like for me, I've got lots of fifties in my wallet yeah. because that's what I want to attract are fifties. Yep. Whereas like, you know, sometime I pretty much always have cash in my wallet, I guess, now that I think about it. But if you're a person at home and you're listening, you're like, oh, I, I often just keep change or nothing, no cash in my wallet. No, keep some like 50s in there, maybe a hundred in there. And cause it's like, that's what money is attracting more money. So you want to that's attract. Right. What? what a good tip. What yeah. a good tip. Yeah. And that's, so that's um, a bonus. yeah, that's, um, it sounds like we need to do another episode on money, money, money or something because <laughs> yeah, we, we haven't stopped talking about it. It's like, it comes up all the time. So yeah, there's so much. Um, well, it's actually good. Cause we didn't talk a lot about money mindset and stuff. No, like that. Definitely it was more business. Of money. It was more business than anything yeah, else. It was. Just getting back yeah, to the theme, topic. Lauren, some of the inspo <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> for this episode. 
came from one of my first paid readings with a woman who is actually a business coach. So she actually told me she had a great idea to create pet insurance, which I think the RSPCA, NRMA, most of the major sort of insurance providers do it now. But I think the RSPCA is probably the first um, to provide pet insurance. So she actually told her hubby um, about the idea. He thought it was fantastic. But she's got three kids, three boys, uh, which is busy and the hubby and he works away. So she didn't have a lot of time to sort of follow through, but she was like, this would be a great idea. I should do this. And then it just kind of went on the back burner. And then the RSPCA sort of launched their pet insurance. And I'm pretty sure it was them doing it first. Uh, and then she realized she kind of missed an opportunity, like a big opportunity because it's a good money-making venture. So she never forgot about that. But then she came to me for another reading afterwards. Uh, she had another good idea. And I confirmed that idea and she went ahead with it. It was about developing sort of sustainable packaging. And she, what she wanted to do was use pineapple leaves, which sounds so odd, but I think there's a process where you kind of dry them and strip them and it becomes like a material or like a thread that you can make material out of. So when she came to me, she oh, was sitting like there hemp and went, or something. Yeah. Yeah. And she was sitting there and she just went, all right, so, you know, I'm just asking about this business. And I went, pineapples, pineapples, why pineapples coming up? And she was like, it makes perfect sense, complete sense. And that was what she was considering using was a fiber from the pineapple leaves. And I just saw pineapples. So she's like, tick, love it. So um, she went ahead and did that. And she's actually won awards as a female business owner. Uh, she's a former business coach, as I said. So she knows what she's doing in terms of running a business. But this is really creative. And I thought that was awesome. Like just as an idea, she's doing a lot more creative things. And the business coaching was a bit more serious, you know, a bit more strategic sometimes and things like that. So she just loved, the, loved this and COVID sort of missed things around a little bit, but she's getting back on track, which is really good. So that was what sort of made me think about um, this idea because it comes, the idea will sort of come in and I'll talk a bit about this later in the show, but it sort of comes in and we, we kind of have to either act on it or we don't. Now that determines what yeah. happens, whether it sticks with us or whether it goes on to someone else and then they come up with the idea and that's what happened to my friend. So yeah. can you relate to in that way or what was your sort of idea around yeah, this yeah. theme? Well, the, the idea around this theme was that I think that a lot of people play small and that I think that a lot of people are afraid of um, taking risk and trying their passion out or staying in a job because it's comfortable. Like when we worked for the company, I continued to justify staying in the role that I was in because I was still learning stuff. Mm. But really, I really wanted to run my own show and serve people in the way that I wanted to do it. And I knew I was never going to grow there. And so had I not been made redundant, I would still be there. And yeah. so I think that backing your big idea is a lot about identifying your idea and then knowing that you're qualified to take that next step. And we'll talk about that a little bit at the end, you know, because I have some tips and tricks on this as well. But I think that, you know, it was in the book, Think and Grow Rich. I'm pretty sure if I'm wrong, somebody feel free to send me a DM, let me know. But Napoleon Hill was talking about how you won't come up with an idea if you don't, if you're not able to execute it. Like you yeah. just won't think about it. And I think you and I can agree on that as well. And it goes back to what you were saying before. If a great idea comes to you, then if you don't take it, someone else is going to take that idea and they're going to run with it. And you never want to be the person who's like, I wish I had da da da. And you know, I think that when we're given these ideas and these opportunities for inspiration, you know, if we act on them, I think that the universe will conspire to deliver to you you know, the right people, the right opportunities, the financing, 
you know, you know, people like yourself who can guide them on some of the next steps or just validate their big idea. And I think that, you know, a big part of it is like honoring where you are, listening to your inner voice, and then, you know, taking a risk. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of what I wanted to talk about in this, because, you know, when you and I were made a redundant, we had a couple choices there. Like you initially started applying for jobs right away, mm. which I understand. And I kind of did. Like one, I, think. I think I applied for one. Yeah. And I was looking, I was looking, but I knew the job that I applied for was going to be like a big job. And they had originally headhunted me to see if I was even interested, wow. but COVID changed a lot of things for that business. So, you know, that kind of hadn't gone anywhere. But then I realized it was my opportunity to back my big idea, which was myself. Mm. And, you know, you found your way there as well. And I love that, you know, we were able to support each other on the journey. And that's, you know, mm. the whole thing where the podcast started and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, sometimes we're not given that opportunity unless we ask for it. Mm. I was interviewing someone for my spiritual podcast, The Afterlight, and I was telling her that, you know, I was made redundant. And I was saying to myself, how am I going to get my business off the ground if I'm working, you know, 45 hours or 50 hours a week for the company? Mm. And I guess she, she told me that because I said, how am I going to, that that kind of, Bring out of the universe felt like they could intervene. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. So, you know, if somebody out there is listening and they're interested in backing their big idea and you want to know how to make it happen, just ask the question. And I think you'd be surprised what comes up. Yeah, no, that's great to hear. And I love what you said about risk taking because it is a bit of a risk. But when you're sort of faced with the situation that we were both faced with, um, you kind of don't have much of an option. And when I say that, we always have a choice. But as you know, I went for like 300 jobs, like everything that was coming up, I was like going for it. And I didn't get a single interview. I even had phone calls. I had phone calls. I had people ask me questions, recruiters and things like that. And I was like, oh yeah, I definitely feel like I'm going to get an interview or something like that. I didn't even get an interview. So, and that isn't, that isn't like me. If I really no, need And you're qualified. Like I know you're, yeah, that's the yeah. thing too. It's so, not like you're like, oh, I'm just No, trying. I haven't stopped yeah. working since I was 14. Never yeah. been turned down for a role that I went for. I haven't like gone for a job and then not got it. So, and with radio, it is a bit of head hunting, but I was just like, I don't think I'm meant to go back into the workforce because if I'm not even getting a job interview, there's something going on here. So I definitely feel like we were sort of being directed, sent in a different direction. So I love, yes. yeah, what you said, what you said there. So I wanted to just reference Elizabeth Gilbert here, Lauren, because she is fabulous. So Eat, Pray, Love is how most people might know Elizabeth, but she also wrote a couple of other really good books. And one of them is called Big Magic. And that outlines how she believes an idea kind of lands on your shoulder is kind of a little thought bubble. And this is essentially what you were talking about before. The idea lands there and it is based on your qualifications. So if they feel like you can pull an idea off, then the idea will sort of land there. And it's like, you know, here I am, uh, please do something with me. And it's like that light bulb moment and it just switches on and yeah. it's like, yeah, you know, I need to do something with this great idea. So they will kind of base that on your qualifications. So if you don't do anything with that idea, the thought is that it moves on to someone else who can also pull off this great idea and make it a reality. And that means the original person kind of misses out. So Elizabeth gave a great example of a time when she had this great idea for a story. She put all the research material together she was ready to start writing it and then something happened with her husband 
and she had to kind of go overseas and, and be with him. So there was something about him not being able to come back into the, into the States or something and she had to leave. So she stuck everything in the safe in her home and locked it away as you would. It's intellectual property and left. And the story was something about, it was based in the Amazon and it was like a woman, single woman who's gone out into the Amazon to work. And it was something about her re- with another research partner, another scientist over there, they were scientists and he was like married or something. And then they started having an affair and so on and so forth. And it was quite an involved story, but the, what they were discovering was pretty amazing. It was like a bit amazing the discovery. So that was her story. And so she's locked in the safe. She's gone off to look after her husband and then it's just stayed where it is. And then she had an opportunity to meet an author that she really loved and go and hear her speak. And then she went up and said hi to her afterwards, you know, really love your work, la, la, la. They'd never met before. But the author sort of leaned over and kissed her on the cheek. This is before COVID. Kissed her on the cheek. <laughs> and uh, and off COVID. they went. Yeah. And off they went. So, well, you don't see stuff like that anymore. So that's what happened. And then the most amazing thing happened, Lauren, where Elizabeth went home to kind of continue her work on this book. So she's pulled out of the safe and she's like, all right, I'm just going to pick up the thread where I left off and nothing's happening. There's no words coming. The flow wasn't happening. It was just like hit a brick wall. And then Mm. she stayed in touch with this author that she loved. And then they ended up meeting up again at some point down the track and they had coffee and the author, the other woman was telling Elizabeth, oh, you know, I've just almost finished writing this book. I'm about to publish it. And it's about this woman in the Amazon and she's like this single woman and she goes and she meets this researcher and they're in the jungle and they have this amazing discovery and blah, blah, blah. And apart from, oh my God, I know apart from a couple of minor little differences, it was pretty much exactly the same story. And Elizabeth's just sitting there like chin on the, on the table. This is a story in big magic that she tells. And she's just like, oh my God, um, that was, that was my idea. And she realized in that moment, she thinks the kiss may have done it, but the idea <gasps> jumped to the other person. Wow. And then she wrote the story and it was a bestseller. It was a bestseller. So it could have been another bestseller for Elizabeth and she missed out on that opportunity. Now she's obviously doing well out of Eat, Pray, Love. So it's not the end of the world for her. <laughs> Magic is also a really good seller. But it is one of those opportunities. She had the idea. And then this woman is sitting here telling her her story. And she's like, I've written it. Amazing. Amazing. Like that for me is just goosebumps. Wow. That's amazing. I love that. I haven't had that experience myself. I don't find that I'm somebody that is an inventor. Mm-hmm. I, like, I think that I seem to give ideas to people. Mm, you are. Yeah, you do that uh, comes to me very naturally. Like if, um, you know, you had a quandary or like something and I would, I would kind of know how to problem solve that for you or like Mm. to help you do it. Actually, Mm. I realized, okay. So basically I'm doing this studying, um, at the moment with somebody and she was talking about the, the Cartman drama triangle. Mm -hmm. And basically there's like three corners of a triangle, right? So in the drama triangle, there's like the persecutor, which is like the bully who like, bullies everyone and keeps the drama going in that way then there's the victim as well like oh whoa everything happens to me and Mm. then there's the rescuer who's like the savior and I realized that I do that a lot I try to rescue everyone and it's something I really need to stop doing because Mm. I don't really sometimes I don't want to be given advice I just maybe I want to vent or I want to figure out my own truth and uh, anyway that just made me think of that when I was when I was talking to you because sometimes I'm 
I'm good at problem solving, but I think sometimes I, I fall into the rescuer. Like I want to yeah. rescue people. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when you have your big idea, that really is about you following through on your big idea and seeking advice and seeking perspectives, but really listening to like the truth in your, in your heart and in your soul about your big idea. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, how to find your big idea, because I think one of the challenges is that sometimes people put a lot of pressure on themselves to be passionate about something. Mm. Some people don't identify with being passionate about anything. And I just want to say that if that's you, our listener at home, that that's okay. You don't need to be passionate about something. Some people like myself, I can get really excited and really passionate about a lot of things that can be sometimes difficult because that means that I like to do a lot of things, which means that I don't always focus on one task. So, you know, there are challenges that come with that, with being very passionate also. So I think that, you know, if, if there's somebody at home and they're listening and they, they want to find out about well, what's their big idea and how to back their big idea. I heard Evan Carmichael is like an inspiring, inspirational speaker. He does a lot of YouTube videos where he composes or compiles top 10 tips of motivational speakers and things like that. And I remember I was listening to him on a podcast and he was basically talking about how if there's ever been a a time in your life where you've overcome adversity, how, um, you know, teaching people how to do that is actually a really good way of backing your big idea. Those aren't his words like backing your big idea. I added that in there. But I liked how he said that because sometimes people go through challenging situations and they've found their way out of it through a unique perspective or through a collaboration of different tools or ideas. And you know, sometimes they can develop their own method and teach other people how to do that. So backing your big idea could be just as simple as that. The other thing too that I want to mention, and Michelle, I don't know if I've mentioned this on our in our conversations before, but when you have an idea or an inspiration or you know like a dream or whatever, you can't share your dream with everybody. And I think that's really important because sometimes we hang out with people in our lives who aren't yes people. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that you want people to hype you up for things that you know, aren't going to be beneficial to you or that they think might be challenging or whatever, but you can't always share your ideas with everybody. And I know that I've, I've had some ideas before where I just know in my soul, it's the right thing to do. And if my soul's telling me it's the right thing to do, I don't need anyone else's I, like perspective. I just need their support. So the idea <laughs> you know? is not share it with people that may like not support you or... Yeah. Think about it this way. Some people are negative people. Some people aren't happy to have other people be successful. Right. So like between the two of us, you know, what if, um, I was like that and you were doing really, really good. Right. And I wasn't, I might feel resentment a little bit and I might go, I might try to bring you down to my like negative, sad level. Like, Hey, Mm. Michelle, I know you're doing all good, but what about that thing you missed or what about mm. that? Like, right. And so you don't want that. You, you want to surround yourself by people who are going to encourage you. Yes. Yep. And I think that's really important when backing your big idea, because sometimes only, you know, what's right for you. 
And I think that's really important. I think that's a lot of the time <laughs> you would think. Yeah. Although, well, I mean, I think if you trust your intuition and things like that, you should have a pretty good idea. But it is good to talk to people that are supportive, that you know will give you like an honest opinion. You don't, you don't want people blowing smoke. Um, what's that word? Where you blow smoke up their pipe or something like that, where it's just like... Up their butt, I think. Yeah, up your butt. Oh, my God. Uh, I didn't realise we were going there. But, yeah, you don't want people just to tell you what you want to hear either. But I think if you've got people that you sort of trust who can give you honest feedback and things, I think that's not a bad thing. Um, to yeah. get or even say, go girl, I believe in you. Give it a go. Yeah. Give it your best shot. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. You don't need someone to go, Lauren, that's not a very viable business opportunity. Or Lauren, that really sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. No, I just need you to go, damn girl, do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. In theory. <laughs> in theory. In theory. That's what we're after. Yeah. 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 Um, I think so. I'll talk in a few minutes to a, a few things about how to find your big idea, but I, I'd like to hear your perspective on some things as well. Yeah. Yeah. So another, uh, I just love authors. I love referring to authors, but the other author yeah. that sprang to mind for this was Paulo Coelho and the alchemist. And this has been coming up in a few readings lately. And it's interesting because I mentioned the alchemist to mm. one lady and she's like, Oh, I'm in a book club and I'm reading it right now. And I was like, Oh my God, that's amazing. So it was, it was appropriate so to her and it made sense to her. So I thought that was really, really great. And sometimes when that happens, it's just, it makes a lot of sense uh, for them, especially when they're reading it at that exact moment. Now, what I love about this book, Lauren, and I think we've discussed it in previous episodes. So the man, uh, the main yeah. character in the story, he sort of reaches a point where it's like, you know, like he's, he's chasing his treasure essentially without giving too much away. He's chasing his treasure. Let's just say that. And so he's going through all the signs, following a lot of signs and things like that along his path. And then he's like, oh, he reaches this point where it's like, I could actually just stop here, you know? And what's the worst that could happen? You know, I would be comfortable. I have a great woman in my life right here. This is all great. Or do I keep going and looking for this treasure? And I remember at that point in the story, it reminded me a little bit of Elizabeth Gilbert, Big Magic, where he's like, well the message is that you could stop there and your life would be fine. But the idea would keep reminding you, it would keep being there. It would keep persisting, trying to get you to keep going, to look for this particular treasure. And eventually that would sort of get less and less and less until it sort of stops. And you don't have the idea or that urge, you know, to keep going and looking for this thing anymore. And that made me a bit sad. And I was like, well, I never want to be like that. I never want to get to that point where, I don't want to continue to what I'm doing because I think you and I are really trailblazers. I think in a lot of ways, we're strong women. We're really mm. feeling our way through this. We don't know exactly what a lot of this is going to look like, but we're doing it yeah. anyway. And I think it yeah. would be quite sad to get to a point where we're like, yeah, no, I'm just going to kind of rest on my laurels and be comfortable. And to be honest, I mean, I've had some big kicks up the bum from the universe and it's not fun. <laughs> so I don't know how yeah. many of those I could ignore. And I did ignore a few before I got into doing this. So that's really important as well. But it just really made me reflect on starting my business, the courage that it took, but also yes. we didn't really have much of a choice. I didn't have job interviews no. and there wasn't much else going on. So couldn't get right. uh, assistance either. Couldn't get job assistance. So, and I didn't right. go to so for me, it kind of, I didn't really have much option, but it was like, I just decided to do this thing, take a risk and it paid off. And I don't know that I would have had the courage, as I've said to you before, to do it if I didn't get booted out the door. So I just don't yeah, know whether I would too. have ever had the courage to take that leap. 
So I have had some naysayers and you spoke about this before. My husband is one of them because he's very logical. So he was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is ever going to work. I think you should go and get a part-time job, this, that, the other thing. And I'm just like, yeah, maybe, maybe never happened. So now he's yeah. kind of more trusting. And the great thing about that is that he's actually thinking about doing something like this, starting a side hustle, doing something else, getting another source of income and maybe stepping out of full-time work in some way. So I think as well, even though he started out being a bit of a naysayer, when we live together, obviously there's a bit of an influence. So with watching me doing what I'm doing, it's influencing him as well and his decisions, which I think is awesome. So the best thing about that is that we can inspire, you know, we can inspire our listener at home. We can inspire each other, which I believe we do as well. Mm. And our loved ones. So partners, husbands, all that sort of stuff. So Um, I love that. And I feel like my readings are a lot about that as well. You know, providing some inspiration, lifting others up and what better way to live your life than that. I love all of that, Michelle. That was really well said. And you know, what came to me when you were talking as well, especially at the beginning of that was that, you know, you're allowed to change your mind as well. Yeah. And you know, if you start an idea and you're like, this just, it felt right initially, but now it's not flowing. It doesn't feel right. And I've got this other idea you're allowed to change your mind. I think sometimes, you know, that's the whole expression, flogging a dead horse. I feel like that's an Australian expression. It is. I don't think flog is the thing we see in Canada. (laughs) Sometimes I forget what's happening, but um, you know, you don't want to flog a dead horse. You, You want to, you know, continue to you know, feel that excitement about what you're doing. And I think that, you know, sometimes, People go, oh, I'm, I'm concerned that if I start this thing that it, you know, it might not work out. It's like, if it doesn't work out, then, you know, that's fine. Just do something else or you'll learn a lesson along the way. Like, I think it was Thomas Edison who tried to, you know, 10,000 ways to make the light bulb. And people are like, oh, you failed 9,999 times. And he's like, no, I know now know how not to make a light bulb 9,999 times. I love that. It's like that that guy that I talked to in the bookstore. I think I talked about on the last show or the show before that. You know, and I was, I made reference to, um, I said, oh, I could never work here. And when I said that, he looked really like offended for a minute. And I said, because I would buy everything. And he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I say when I go into a crystal shop. Oh, man, for me. Oh, yeah. mate. Or like RSPCA, if I had to work at a refuge, Jason's like, she is not working in a refuge. There is no way. I'm taking home all the animals. Yeah, not good. I had a dream last night. I'm supposed to volunteer at RSPCA stay tuned for that. I wrote it down because I was like, okay, I'm getting the sign. Anyway, moving on. I don't, wow. I don't want to lose my thought. But um, yeah, because I love animals and I'm yes. renting right now and we don't, oh, I can't have a dog here and I'm ready to commit to a dog. A little uh, schnauzer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some kind of a doodle dog. It's got to be a right. doodle. One of the labradoodles yeah. or something. Yeah. Although I love the schnauzers. Like I love sissy. I'll tell sure. sissy so she's not a fan. Oh, there's Joy back yeah. my cat. Yes. Continue. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so I said to the guy, you know, I'd buy everything if I worked here. And then I said, I used to work in a secondhand bookshop. And every time anything came in, I was like, Ooh, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. And uh, anyway, and that's when he said that that would, that's a dream for him to own a shop. And that's when I asked him, you know, he goes, Oh, well, that's the dream. I said, well, why don't you do that? And he's like, Oh, cause I'm comfortable. And it kind of talks about what you're just saying there, yeah. you know, 
yeah, you can live a comfortable existence or you can seek the treasure. And I don't want people to think about seeking the treasure and not enjoying the present moment because, you know, when you're constantly seeking the treasure, then you're, you actually, in a way are saying that you're not satisfied with things as they are. Yes. And so there's a big difference between the two. It's understanding being happy with where you are, but also being aware that there are still fabulous things to come. And mm. that's, that's a big difference. And so I guess the thing is that one day, Michelle, you're going to die. And one day I'm going to die. And, you know, a lot of people who are older, they regret things. And you never want to be the person who's regretted not trying something because they're afraid of failing mm. or because they're afraid of what others may think. Yeah. So anyway, I have some tips a little bit about also how to identify or think about a big idea. Yeah. And we say backing your big idea because it sounds cool. We don't, you don't need to add a title like your big idea. It could just be the idea that sets your heart on fire. Not that that's like a smaller concept than your big idea, but you know, identify what you love to do. That's a really great way of getting started. So it mm. doesn't remove the word passion from it. Is there something that you love to do? You know, is there something that you can do in your day that, you know, you might be able to generate some kind of a revenue from, or even just not even worry about the money, but just do something initially to get you kind of started mm. that just in a flow. you know, yeah, feeds a creative fire in you. You know, sometimes if you talk to people around you about what your strengths may be, you know, like some people are really good at motivating other people. Some people are really good at listening. Some people are really good at, you know, connecting the dots or driving or drawing or mm. whatever, singing, you know, like there's, there's so many things that people can do. Some people are great at athletics and exercising, doing hair, right? Blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I think sometimes we think, oh, our big idea needs to be something more glamorous. No, it doesn't. If you love driving around and you love meeting new people, backing your big idea could be, you know, being an Uber driver and listening to podcasts or great music and, and, and talking to people, right? I met an Uber driver the other day and he said he was making so much money. He bought three cars as a tax write-off. Yeah. Yeah. Three cars. I was like, why do you need three cars? He goes, we always have to have a backup in case the one you're driving dies. I'm like, okay, this is strange conversation, but fair enough. So that's just an example of that. Right. I think the other thing too, is that like what we were talking about, you're allowed to change your mind. So refine mm. your journey as you go. You know, I I've started the spirit team. I'm doing that. Now I realize that I really can be of service selling the course and time management, which I created and kind of put on the back burner. So I'm working on that. Right. So it's kind of like being open to suggestion and, you know, being open to trying new things. Stepping outside your comfort zone is also really important. Yeah, it's a big one. So, you know, kind of like what you were talking about before, like, you know, with you applying for all those jobs and then stepping a bit outside your comfort zone to back, you know, your business, that mm. that was probably took some courage, like you were talking about. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And made you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But it my favorite saying with regard to that, sorry, Lauren, to interrupt, but my favorite yeah, saying, yeah. and I just spoke to the lady before I connected with you, I was just doing a reading and I was just saying to her, you know, when you're looking to move into a different area, I always say, I am an empty vessel. Use me as you will. So when I was made redundant, that was what I started saying. It just popped into my head. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to keep saying that. 
uh, I'm an empty vessel, use me as you will. And then all the doors just started opening. So that's, that's a really good tip. That's Maybe so for our beautiful. listener at home. Yeah, yeah. 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 And Michelle and I are spiritual and you don't have to be spiritual to get this stuff. And it's like, use the language that feels good to you. you know, yeah. one thing that I, I love that one thing that I love as well was from the Course in Miracles, which I own and haven't read. I don't know Same. if you've read it. I Apparently, haven't read it yet. Oh, so good. No, it's really intense reading. It's awesome. I think actually it's one of the, I can't remember what I, what I read, but it was something around the line. Like a lot of people own this book. It's like one of the most owned books that most people haven't read. Something mm. like that because uh, it's such an intense. But anyway, one of the things in it is something along the lines of, you know, what will you have me or where will you have me go? What will you have me do? What yeah. will you have me say and to whom? And it's kind of like essentially saying, you know, hey, I want to be of service. I want to help the world be better. Yeah. What, what yeah. do you have in store for me? I mean, you could even just say, hey, what do you have in store for me? Mm. Gracefully, show me the way. Yeah. <laughs> I always like to throw the word graceful in there yes. because nobody likes to be made redundant unless it's like in a graceful way where a lot of people are being made redundant <laughs> and you have a fabulous <laughs> friend like Michelle to like support <laughs> you and lift you up. Like that's always really, yeah. that's a helpful method. Definitely. Quite <laughs> handy. Yeah, starting that's right. With um, and that. then the last thing I guess is like, just, you know, be open to try new things, like try new things, you know, and then listen to your heart as you try them out, mm. you know, cause you might try something and you might not be good at it the first time, but it could be exciting mm. and it could lead to something else. Your big idea doesn't need to be a business. It could just be a hobby as well. I think that's a big part of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how we started. And we only just confirmed that when we did that side hustle episode, I didn't realize and I was yeah. like, oh yeah, I was actually doing this part-time for a long time. So it really was a yeah. side hustle that became my full-time hustle. So it, it definitely can start as a hobby. And I think a hobby is a good way to look at this. So when I'm doing yeah. uh, readings and things, I always say to people, either go back to inner child, go back to childhood. What was it that you loved doing? What was your natural ability? Mm -hmm. What were you really attracted to? What were you saying you wanted to be when you got older? I always like to go back there and I always like to talk to people about hobbies because hobbies are often something that we really enjoy doing. So if it's someone who, and we've spoken about this in the episode, uh, side hustle episode, same thing. Um, if someone loves oils, maybe they get into selling oils for a particular company, or if you love your food, you know, flavoristas, the thing. So it's like, just <laughs> yeah. look at what you love doing and can you apply it? So I think that that's a really good way. And hobbies come up as uh, something that people often just really enjoy. And I feel like we, I'm just going to go back a little bit. And this is a, a bit of inspo, I guess, and something that I use um, to get through and to keep pursuing my business ideas and things like that is when someone tells me, like my husband, not mentioning names, uh, that I can't do something, I just do it 10 times better. Like that's what I do. So I use that as motivation. Yeah. So some of our listeners yeah. at home may relate to that. Other people, it might just really get you down. But for me, I do the opposite. So if someone says, Michelle, there is no way you're going to do that. It's not going to work. I'm like, just sit back and watch. Just yeah. sit back and watch. Here I go. Yeah. You know so I feel like I use that as motivation. So the naysayers, don't worry me. I use that to just fuel me, uh, spur me on. So yes. all the Because you know, Branson, they're living in yes. fear, those naysayers. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like and look I mean, at what they're doing. He was. Yeah, yeah. And Jason was in his comfort zone or is in his comfort zone. And now, oh, sorry. I don't mean to out you, Jason. Sorry, out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's my main example. Um, so yeah, I feel like he is starting to think a bit differently though. And he is, he's doing, he started web pages. He's starting to do things on the side. So that's how it starts. You know, awesome. it starts with the, the work. 
So, uh, and as an example, I guess, Richard Branson, someone I just love, you know, I just find so motivational, inspirational and Elon Musk, people like that. They're really creative. They're doing what they want. They appear to be living the dream, uh, but they started from scratch. You know, they all started somewhere. They were all born. They were all a child at some point. So they weren't just born Richard Branson or Tony Robbins or whatever it is. So I feel like they definitely made mistakes. And I think I might've been talking to you about this in the last episode where I heard on the radio, someone was saying that you kind of have to do, it's only the doers that make mistakes because you have to be actually doing it to even have a chance to make a mistake. If you're just sitting in your comfort zone, going to work, earning some money, coming home, eating dinner, going to bed, going to work, you know, all that sort of stuff. And it's just the same, same thing every day then maybe you don't make mistakes in the same way. Like you're not taking those big risks. And yes, you know, if you take a big yeah. risk and have a big fall, but it's only the doers that are actually making the mistakes. 100%. Because they're doing. So I just yeah. really loved that. And I feel yeah. like you have to kind of take the action in the first place and you may fall and scrape your knees, but then you get up and you keep going or maybe you change direction slightly. You know, I just think yeah. that's really good, really good inspiration. And, uh, yeah, so that takes us into the, did you want to comment there before I go into? Yeah, I did. I wanted to, um, tell you a poem. Oh, okay. I need to check, uh, who the author is. I'll check it after, but it's really short. Okay. Ready? Come to the edge. We can't, we're afraid. Come to the edge. We can't, we might fall. Come to the edge. And they came and he pushed them and they flew. Wow. Goosebumps. Goosebumps. Hey, big. So good. That poem's called Come to the Edge. And uh, I will find the author for us in one second. Oh, actually, maybe I will Google it right now. (laughs) Come to the Edge poem. That music again. We have uh, hit an interval. We're in the uh, interview. Guillaume Apollinaire. That's my my France accent, là. I love that. Love, love, love. That's it's gorgeous. Beautiful. Hey, and it, that's what it's about. It's about like taking the risk and you know mm-hmm. what, what if all this shit happens? Well, what if it doesn't? Yeah, exactly. You got to try to know. Yeah. Either you hit the ground and burst and <laughs> break into a yeah. million pieces or you fly. <laughs> there's two yeah, options there yeah. there's no real happy and medium day, though no there isn't and I mean one day you're gonna die I mean that's true yeah yeah so you know so Lauren do you want uh, that leads us into the favorite part of the show which is the party element and that mm. is brought to you by my business which is Michelle Price the light worker and I actually uh, I'm doing a lot of readings and healings and things like that, but I'm also doing mentorship, which is great. So there's always people out there looking to develop their gifts. And this isn't, you know, you don't have to be a medium to come and do this. It's just anyone who wants to discover their gifts and abilities. And some of the results have been pretty amazing. Like people who had no clue what they were doing, marching here, next minute, they're reading people's minds, seeing things. They're just like, oh my God, this is amazing. So some of the turnaround in people that I've seen has been really uplifting and just to see the joy, you know, some of these people come in and they're a bit down in the dumps and then they do some amazing spiritual thing and they're just like, just completely different. So it's just fabulous seeing that light switch on in people. So I'm really passionate about that, but I do do the readings and healings, mentorship, uh, gatherings, weekend gatherings, if you want to do that. 
and I can come and do some readings and healings on you as a group. So Michelle, I price the light worker. I do do a Facebook live. I should throw in as well. Once a week, I record it on a Monday evening, not record. I do it live on a Monday evening, 7.15 on the spiritual events directory page, but it also shows up on Michelle, I price the light worker. I cross post. So if you feel to tune in there, you can ask some questions and list your concerns and I will draw some cards around them. So leading into the party element, Lauren, what, uh, what are we doing with the party today? The party element is a lot about what we've been talking about. What I sort of, uh, spoiler, spoiler alert, I mentioned it earlier, but you know, I really just want to encourage people to try something new. Because, you know, if we don't try anything new, and that could be as easy as a recipe or listening to a new kind of music or watching a different movie or driving a different road home or whatever. I mean, anything can happen. Inspiration can happen. It's mm. just so cool. And yeah, I just think that, you know, if we continue to do this, and I'm a creature of habit. Like I'm one of those people that I eat a lot of the same food. My favorite food is cheese, like any kind except for blue cheese, actually. It's not Ooh, any kind. I take that, I take that back. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, you know, so, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's, I still have to push myself to try new things as well uh, because I like familiarity, but I'm not searching for my big idea right now. Mm, <laughs> so got I'm learning a lot and I'm doing a lot of things. So, you know, essentially the, the party element is really about if you're wanting to try something new or back your big idea or find it and you need to actually do the work mm. try something new and yeah. it could lead to meeting imagine this you go to a different grocery store than you normally do you end up talking to someone at the till or over the blueberries or whatever they mention something about xyz or some cool group or some different you know organization whatever you go check it out you get inspired you come up with some creative idea you back your big idea you start a side hustle and then you have your whole thing you start a full-time business mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden now you're financially independent that could ha legitimately Amazing. happen absolutely somebody. yeah and it's all because they decided to go to a different grocery store and you know, to shop. Yeah. And that's why so, I love that. I'm a vessel. Use me as you will, because yeah, it is really just so putting good. it out there and allowing the universe to give you something. So it means that maybe you make a different decision, as you said, and go to the different store, all of the things fall into place. And it really is just trusting that intuition. Um, and one of the other things that popped into mind, uh, my mind when you said that is I think it's madness. Is it madness is defined by doing the same thing over and over Insanity. and it's a different result. Insanity. Insanity. Yeah. 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 And I, I love that. And it's like, well, you know, yes, you're in your comfort zone. Yes. It's the same thing. Yes. It's the same challenge or non-challenge and all of those things. But it's like, are you super happy? So if you want to get super happy and you're still expecting to be able to do that in the job you're in, then it's, it's kind of insanity. So sometimes we need to try something yeah. different think outside the square and maybe get a different result, you know? And you know what that made me think of is Marie Forleo has got a really good book. It's called Everything is Figure Outable. And in it, she talks about how, you know, like let's pretend that you're worried about what if. So when that guy in the bookstore said to me, oh, you know, I'm in my comfort zone. I said, what's the worst that could happen? Mm. And then I said, you could lose all your money. And I'm like, well, if you have a nest egg, right? Let's pretend you have... 50 grand to your name. Okay. Yep. You put 40 grand into your bank account, into your business. You've got 10 grand nest egg for emergencies and da da da. All right. You never touch that 10. You keep yep. that 
or whatever a number you feel comfortable with. If you lose all your money, what's, what do you do then? Well, then you have to go and work in a bookstore for somebody else, or mm. you have to go waitress, or you have to go you drive. Yeah, or you save up, you know, whatever. But at least you've taken a risk and you've done something new. Mm. You know, um, one of the exercises she had is you write down all your fears, like all your worries, and then you write down all the way to the end. Well, what if this happened? And then what if that happened? And then what if that? And then what if that? So you kind of write down all the way to the root fear. Yep. Okay. And then you write down, all right, if the root fear happened, if I lost all my money, what would I do? And then you write the solution to what you would then do. And then you just do it because yeah. now you know that the worst case scenario is X, Y, Z. And this is how you'll get do a it. Child. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that sometimes our, our minds get in the way of, well, I know that's the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even I, if you ever ask anyone that, like what's the worst, worst thing that could happen, whenever people are like nutting things out, it's like, oh, should I try and repair the relationship with my parents or whatever it is? It's just like, well, yeah, like what's the worst that could happen? They could yeah. close the door, I guess, um, but it's worth at least giving it a go because then otherwise you're spending all your whole life asking the same question. Like you don't know until you've actually yeah. done it. So I think um, I think that's fantastic. And you could also that, do the opposite. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off there, but you could also do the opposite. What's the best thing that could happen? Yeah. Your parents. Your parents think. Oh my God, I've been meaning to reach out. Thank you so much yeah. for reaching out. You know, I've, I've been wanting to talk to you. You build a relationship. Your parent dies of cancer the year later, but yeah. you, you know, I'm not it's trying me. to kill someone's parent, but you've, you've, you, you know, you, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know why I went there, but I guess yeah. I was trying to say that, you know, you didn't regret not yeah. making that move because exactly. you repair the relationship. Yeah, yeah. So, I loved what you said about. I shouldn't have talked about the death. I, I, well, I we'll edit that out. Let's edit the cancer <laughs> out. Um, I love okay. what you said about putting down your like kind of what could go wrong and things like that, and sort of working through that because I think that's kind of what Elizabeth Gilbert does in Big Magic. She lists all the reasons you shouldn't do the thing, like all of them, and it's like four or five pages. And then it's like at the end of it, it's like, well, there's all the reasons, and if you can think of any more, great. But we've got them out of the way. Let's just do the thing now. And I found that really motivational. And I read that obviously before I started my own business and things so full time. And so I just found that really motivational. I was like, oh, yeah, well, all my, all my excuses are there. They're all there. So, and it's obviously not just yeah. me. Everyone must have these. So yeah. I just really loved that. It was just like, get them all out of the way. All right, got that out of your system. Let's just do this thing now. So yeah, I found that super motivational. So my recommendation right. would be to have a look at Big Magic. Uh, it's a fantastic book. Elizabeth Gilbert's such a good writer. And it really is kind of the step-by-step -step process she took to become successful. I mean, she did write books that didn't do anything. Leading up to Eat, Pray, Love, she'd written and published other books. That wasn't her first book. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that. She'd had heaps of flops, but she just knew that she was meant to be a writer. So she just kept doing it. And then boom, she had that amazing idea. So it's like she, she could have just gone, oh, I'm a failure. This isn't working. A lot of people aren't buying my books. I'm just going to give up. But she didn't. And then she hit on gold. So I think that's yes. really important. Like it's a really good lesson. So there's no excuses. We just have to get doing uh, I also recommend, as I said before, Paulo Coelho's The Alchemist. So I'll put the links to those yes, in the show notes. Uh, the Alchemist and also Big Magic. 
So the links to those will be in the show notes. And The Alchemist is really quick. It's a really easy read. Big Magic can sometimes yeah. be a bit of a reference material book. It's a little bit like the uh, book uh, Course in Miracles because the Course in Miracles, generally speaking, you won't read it from cover to cover. A lot of people will use that as a reference mm. thing as well uh, and have a discussion. Sometimes there's groups that do things around that book. So yeah. that might be literally reading it from cover to cover. But uh, the idea is to create some magic and I feel like that's what you and I are doing in our jobs, uh, doing what we want to do and being super happy. And that's what we're both working towards. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it's tough. Like last week, if you listen to our episode last week, we talked a little bit about how it was, you know, we were a bit challenged. It was a downtime. Yeah. And so, yeah, but that's okay. That's part of life. That is actually a really good segue into next week, Lauren. Um, so I might just mm. throw in next week's episode here because um, that's a great segue. We're talking a bit about loneliness and sometimes feeling a bit isolated and cut off and different ways that we can do that, change that and feel a bit more connected. And yeah. the idea came from a woman who just reached out to me randomly and I won't go into detail about it. I'll talk about it in the next episode. But she just reached out, didn't have a lot of friends in the area she was in and she was like, oh, you know, kind of, do you want to be my friend? That's essentially what it was. And we are friends now. So I think that's awesome. And I want to, I guess, bring some comfort to our listener at home, especially if you're in areas where there's still a lot of restrictions and things like that going on. We know certain parts mm. of Australia are still under very heavy restrictions and people are feeling a bit frustrated and, and potentially isolated too. So I think yeah. it's going to be a really great episode, very uplifting, and I can't yeah. wait for that. So that's happening next yeah. episode. Yeah, and also as business um, people, entrepreneurs especially, and entrepreneurs who work at home, mm. it's really easy to feel lonely. Yeah. So we'll talk about um, how to help you through that as well with a business you know, angle. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Great show, girl. Yeah, good job. And uh, we only, it's only slightly drag queenish, slightly drag queenish. It wasn't overly noticed. My voice. (laughs) Yeah. Very good. It's a good thing I put myself on mute while I coughed. Yes. You're welcome. Yes, I was watching that. (laughs) So, Lauren. Uh, This has been Business in the Front. Party in the Back. Podcast. Oh, podcast. I forgot to say it. Ah, I was trying to think of the next bit. I was like, am I doing the next bit? I don't know. No, no, I'll do the next bit. I think you, uh, if you loved it, please tell your friends, leave us a review because we do want to get the podcast, you know, heard by as many people as we can. And then we can get some sponsors, yo, which is all about merch, try new stuff or cash. It can be bought. As long as we believe in the values of the business. I'm just going to say that because we will not sell out. Uh, yes. So if you do love, if you loved it, you know, leave us a review. And if you didn't, don't tell anyone. Very good. <laughs> you did good there, girl. Well done. <laughs> Yay. Catch you next week. Yeah. See ya. See ya.